And welcome to the Laptop Empires podcast. I am so pumped about today's show. We've got some special guests coming on. Y'all are absolutely going to love it. I want to give you a quick background before we dive into it. It's been over two years since we launched Laptop Empires and the Facebook side hustle course. It was actually January 2017 when we first launched that product and kind of announced Laptop Empires to the world. And a lot has happened since then. There's the podcast, the blog, the YouTube channel, like all the content, the courses, everything we've done. Um, but the, the what's been going on inside of our coaching community has been the most amazing thing. Watching thousands of people come through, start their own online businesses, either through our Facebook side hustle course, uh, copywriting, blogging, all kinds of different ways. But seeing them start these businesses, grow, land clients, have success, make money, and some incredible stories of people replacing their income, paying off debt, and all of those kind of things. It's been such an amazing ride. And so today, Bobby and I have invited our coaches from inside of our community to come on and just kind of reflect on the last two years and share some of their wisdom. So we've got Tanya, Ben, Adam, who are all very successful business owners on their own that are coaches inside of our community. They're going to be hanging out with Bobby and I. They're going to be kind of reflecting on this past two years sharing some of their favorite stories and passing along, you know, the lessons they've learned and the wisdom that they have to share as successful business owners that are trying to help that next upcoming generation of entrepreneurs. So it's going to be a fantastic episode. I hope you enjoy it and let's uh, take it over to the group. All right. So we're going to kick off this episode. We just managed to get through 15 minutes of giggles as a team. And uh, now we're going to dive into the real stuff. Ben, just pointed out to me that I didn't introduce everybody when I did my intro. So we're going to give them, I mean, you guys know Bobby, you know me, a lot of you listening will, will know these three, but just, we're going to take a moment. They can tell you a little bit about what they do, their business, whatever it is they want to do. And uh, we'll go ahead and, and start ladies first. Tanya, you want to kick things off? Tell us a little sure. about, about yourself. So um, I've been a social media marketer and consultant over in the UK for um, coming up 10 years um, in February, actually. So my business has grown from um, a little sort of sideline, um, side hustle, stay at home mum working around my children to a fully fledged business. And this month, for the first time ever, I have invoiced around eight and a half thousand pounds. So as you can see, social media is definitely a viable business, whether it's organic or paid traffic. It's, I'd say in the last two years, it's really got some legs in the space and it's very exciting to see how this is going to go forward even more now. Real quick before we go on, like, how did you get into it? Like, how did you make that jump? Uh, by accident. <laughs> it was a, I, I think that's how it always is. Yeah. By, um, it was a very bad habit. Social media was a very bad habit I had in the evening to get away from having a conversation with my at the time husband and one of my friends joked with me that I spent so much time on social media that I should be able to make a career out of it and make money from it so I then googled social media career and found um, that there was an online course called social media manager pro run by lady in America and that was 10 years ago and I looked at the course went through the course. It was very basic at the time because social media was just literally Facebook and Twitter. There was no Pinterest. There was no Instagram. There was no Snapchat. LinkedIn was just something that people added other people from work on LinkedIn. So I've kind of uh, self-taught and done lots of digital courses, but really it was word of mouth. So the first client I ever had was a construction friend of mine who said, look, if you think that this is a viable way for me to market set me up an account and do your worst so 
I set him up a Twitter account and just started talking to various different people that I thought would be good connectors and introductions. And within four months, I had managed to get him a supplier of um, materials that saved him £45,000 off his bottom line every year. So wow. I'd basically paid my salary for the next three years <laughs> with just <laughs> one well-timed tweet. And uh, it just <laughs> snowballed from there, really. Word of mouth got round. I learned new things as they come along, new platforms, any course that was out, any material that was around, I absorbed luckily because i've been in this for so many years now i've formed like a really good network of people that are at the forefront of developments within the platform so knowing where to look for new updates and just going with the changes as they come along has been really beneficial for my business and it's just staggering how quickly in 10 years the landscape of social media has changed and how people perceive it now as a very viable way to market their business yeah, no kidding. And it's just like, it's ramping up more and more, like just in the last few years. Like, I think that whole idea of like how much it's changed in the last 10, you know, huge, but just from a business perspective and it, and how, you know, it was what, uh, I think we've talked about this, Bobby, it was like last year that online advertising surpassed TV and radio, I think. Yeah, it was either it last was year or maybe the year before. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's happened since we created the course. I mean, it was... And it's crazy how many people are still doing like billboard ads and stuff. It's like the more and more that we get into this and I see how effective some of the things we're doing with like, you know, obviously Facebook ads, but even with laptop empires, Google ads and all that stuff. It's like, it's amazing to me that some people still do like the very, when you open up like a magazine and there's still like a magazine print ad in there, it's, you know, but I think those people are going to continue to shift over, but yeah. So Ben, Adam, I'll let you guys fight to the death to decide who goes first. Oh, Adam Adam raised his hand. There we go. (laughs) What's up, guys? I'm Adam Middlesworth. I've been in digital marketing for a little over five years. Started out in the personal training fitness industry, doing my own fitness marketing, kind of like Tanya. It kind of happened organically. Just growing my own business, had personal trainers, gym owners reaching out to me saying, hey, how the heck are you generating leads for your business? And it was Facebook what would that have been 2013, 14. And so started helping those guys actually bought into a course that Mike and Ben, I believe bought into as well. Just kind of grew it that way. Three years ago, started only working with real estate agents, brokers, mortgage loan officers. And so my clientele now is hundred percent real estate and mortgage. And it's fun to see how much it has grown in the past five years. So, so yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I didn't realize how similar our stories were mm-hmm. because I'm the you know, same thing. I had the online fitness business and then I don't know if yours was local or online, but was growing it with ads and then was like, man, marketing is more fun and more lucrative. And that was kind of how I made that transition. Yeah. And it was just more flexible for me. It's funny. Five years ago, I was doing the hybrid training, both in person online, which mm-hmm. is becoming popular now. But, but yeah, I, I've always loved three things. One is fitness, two is marketing, and three is real estate. And it's been fun to really have all three in my career to this point. But real estate just allowed me to do other things. It it allows me to do real estate investing, have so many connections in that industry. And so real estate just made sense in terms of transitioning. The only reason I did that was because I love real estate. And I think it's a good way to build wealth and connection. So I know this is more about digital marketing, but that's kind of the reason I, ch- I switched from fitness to real estate. It wasn't that fitness isn't a viable niche. It was just a little bit more of my passion and where I wanted to right. go in the long term. Cool. Ben, what you got? Uh, okay, this better be good. Uh, my name is Ben <laughs> Pogamiller, and I kind of, like everyone else, sort of fell into marketing kind of by accident, I think, as a lot of people do. So, I mean, you know, fresh out of uh, grad school with a master's degree in English, thinking about being a professor, realizing that that's not a viable uh, (laughs) career option these days. So I was left kind of wondering what to do, like what, how I'm going to provide for my wife and, and myself, we didn't have any kids yet. And then, uh, so just kind of bouncing around from thing to thing. So I've been a repair person for restaurant equipment and a corporate marketer and all these kinds of different things. But when I decided that I needed to make a change was when uh, we found out we were going to have our first child. And so realizing that 
you know in a few months your expenses are going to go up, but your paycheck's going to stay the same is a pretty scary <laughs> feeling, right? And so finding ways to control my own income has been like a real obsession of mine, right? And so being able to know that uh, you kind of have your own destiny in your own hands. And so that's what led me to the whole side hustle thing. So I jumped around from different kind of side hustles. I was writing video scripts for production companies and doing like proofreading for like a few bucks here and there and just kind of like trying to make any extra cash I could until I kind of found that, you know, copywriting, marketing, that kind of stuff was where, where the real money is. And so that's what got me into that. And then when I realized that I could not be full-time employed anymore was, first of all, I can't, can't really hold down a job for too long because I'm just not, I haven't been fired, but I just, I'm, I don't stay happy doing one thing for too long. And then, you know, once, and anyone who's a parent can relate to this, but anyone who has more than one kid can like super relate to this. You go through this phase early on where like someone in your house is always sick or like <laughs> they've like caught like, or, or they've hurt themselves or like whatever. Right. And so it was this constant revolving door of me and my wife having these stressful discussions, like who's going to miss work today. Is your boss going to be more mad than my boss? You don't get paid if you don't go in, but I will. Cause I'm on salary. And it was just this constant, like stressful struggle. And I realized like, that's really no way to live. So um, that's when I started forming my exit plan through the help of, you know, some courses I took and with uh, Mike's coaching, we made that happen. So as of a couple of years ago, I've been on my own doing this stuff, uh, helping local businesses make more money. And last year, some partners and I, we bought our own local business. So now I'm a part owner of a pool and hot tub business as well. So not only do I help other businesses, I now own a local business as well. That's now, where I'm at were, today. You were uh, at, weren't it you at some point automating parts of your full-time job so that you could do ads like at work or something? Wouldn't that... Kind of. Yeah. So I did definitely steal a lot of time at work. Thanks to <laughs> I love that story. It's so funny. Low levels of supervision. So what I did was, well, I didn't <laughs> quite automate it. I've heard of people like outsourcing their jobs, but I didn't go quite. That <laughs> but um, I templated out a lot of my job. Like, so if I was posting social media for the corporation I was working for, I just kind of had like templates every week of like stuff I would put out. And it was just kind of like copying and pasting stuff in. And so really it was like a week's worth of social media and only like a few minutes, right? And like a 10X sort of thing where you're just maximizing right. your time, right? So, and then I just left me more time to follow up with clients and run my own ads and stuff. And so as long as you're doing your job effectively, I don't really see anything ethically wrong with that, but. 100%. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love, you know, coming out, we're all here together. I mean, we've all met in different ways, but like what really brought the five of us together was, was our course. And I love that every single one of you in your introduction said that like you had invested in some sort of course or coaching or something to kind of like take that next step and to kind of learn. And obviously like we're big believers in that Bobby and I are like, Hey, you know, it's better to kind of invest and learn the way to go instead of struggling to figure it out on your own. <clears throat> but I thought it was really interesting that like each of you did that too. So is there I guess something like for, just for you guys to chime in on before we talk about other things is, is was there anything that went through y'all's minds that made you go that route instead of the, I'm going to watch YouTube videos and like figure it out for myself, which I know that's my default, right? <laughs> As my, for my personality, but like, is there a reason that you guys went that direction or do you have any insight like in hindsight <laughs> about, you know, why you prefer that method? Um, I think for me, I spent five years struggling with knowing where the best information was because there was so much information out there. And it took me probably 12 courses <laughs> to realize that I could have probably just done one and got the same information. So at that point, five years ago, I invested in my first business mentor business coach, somebody that was in a similar space to me that had made good progress from what I could see. And I signed up for sort of six weeks of mentoring just to get some insight into how they worked, how they'd got themselves a little bit further forward. And since then, every year, I have invested more money into coaching than I have probably back into my business. Because the way I see it is that the more I develop myself, my skills, not just in business, but personal development as well. The more, more aware of everything that I've become, the more successful my business becomes naturally anyway. And I think definitely investing in mentoring and coaching from people within the marketing industry has seen the biggest return on investment for me. Absolutely. In the last two years, even being within 
like the laptop empires group learning from you guys how you do things and seeing how you approach similar situations to me and, and having that different perspective from different cultures as well because obviously america and canada although we all speak the same language and we kind of all invest in the same way the way that it's received is very different and it's quite mm -hmm. surprising the difference between between the uk and the us and I've definitely learned so much more from being part of Laptop Empires than I ever thought I would. I, I will say, kind of mean. <laughs> wow! And Bobby just completely chased off a whole segment of our audience. Oh, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm kind of kidding, but but it's you know it's kind of true. I mean, it's kind of true. Like the level of directness between like UK and Americans that was something that caught me off guard very early i was like oh why are uk people always so like mad at me for whatever but you're right though i mean like the same words can be totally different so anyway sorry sorry uk people sorry <laughs> i got wow. you back okay. it's fine uk people i'm, I'm here to save you <laughs> My bad. What I love about that too, I think that that's a really cool thing that I've tended consequence of all of us working is that there are so many different perspectives between the five of us you know, in the community. And when somebody asks a question, all of us might have a different answer, a different take on it. And there's a lot of times like it's been really fun to see, you know, I would say I, an example I've seen is, uh, you know, like Ben. I feel like Ben is a much more like, I don't want to say compassionate because I don't want to seem like a, like, like I'm an <laughs> but I'm very much more cut and dry, like robotic in the way ben. I approach my business and I work with my clients. And Ben is like much more, <laughs> it seems like he's more like, he's more compassionate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. You keep going around. He's more compassionate. Yeah. So, okay. Anyway. So I think it's, it's interesting, you know, like I'm kind of a lot of times I'm just like, you know, you just got to, have some tough love with your clients and do this, this, and this. And then Ben will come in and be like, you got to kind of understand where they're coming from. And like, he does a better job of that. And so like, <laughs> but I've been able to bring that and see that and put that into my business as well. And I think there's examples like that with all of y'all, but I think that's been a really cool unintended consequence of all of us working together and having different experiences and styles and, and culture too, representing three different countries. Yeah. So mentorship, I think mentorship is, it at every level is important, right? So when you're just starting out, you have to invest one of two things. It's time or money, right? So you either have the time to go figure it out, to search the internet, to scour YouTube, to scour Google, to figure out how to build a business or a side hustle that you want, right? The problem with that is the lack of direction and cohesion between different different avenues to go, right? So how many side hustles are there, right? And there are different ways to build side hustles, whereas uh, you can bypass that time and research by spending money into mentorship, which has a clear roadmap and a community to help you reach those goals. So five years ago, I invested in a course on how to build a digital marketing business, right? Fast forward to this year, I spent over $20,000 in mentorship and coaching to get to the next level, right? Five years ago, my business was at a totally different spot. And if, I, if somebody told me that I had to spend $20,000 in coaching and mentorship, I would have peed myself and thrown up all over the place because <laughs> I have $20,000. That was probably my salary in 2014, right? So, but I think having mentorship to go from level one to level two, from level two to level three, to level three, to level four, wherever you want to go in your business is important. And having a coach that aligns with your goals and has done it already will exponentially help you grow, but also having a community of people that you can ask questions to, right? This, the, the five of us are awesome, but we also have how many members going through the exact same process and having the exact same questions how many different uh, perspectives are there, right? Uh, but having a roadmap, coaching and community will be huge at whatever level you are in business, right? Whether you're doing $10,000 a year or you're doing eight figures, uh, having a coach and a mentor to get you to the next level and having a community to go through it with you is really something that I think you need, like it's necessary for your business, especially in an online world where this can be very like, I work from home. I'm a solopreneur. I have uh, team members that I outsource things to, but 
I don't have a team around me, right? Like I don't go to the office. So you guys are my coworkers. You're my mentors that help me. So if you don't have that, then you're just trying to figure out yourself and you can bypass a lot of time by, by going through something like this with somebody. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ben, what about you with courses? Yeah. So it was one of those things where I actually did try and figure it out on my own. Right. And I think that's where a lot of people start out with, right. It's like, how can I, how can I bootstrap this? And cause you get caught in this mindset that like, I don't have any money to get started. So, and, but then like, I can't get started without money. And then like, but I don't have the money. And then you kind of get caught in this endless loop. Right. So you just have to kind of get started and figure it out and try these free resources and stuff like that. So if you remember in like the dinosaur days of the internet, there was the, the warrior forum which is still around in some form, but it's not what it used to be. But I spent a lot of time prowling around there for like, you know, get rich quick schemes and stuff like that. But then, you know, I saw this thread from this one guy who says, I actually make a lot of money helping local businesses with Facebook ads. And I'm like, Facebook ads, what are those? I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, like it wasn't even as like as big a thing as it is today. Right. It was still something that was almost an early adopter phase, although it had been around for a little bit, but not a lot of businesses had caught on to it yet. And so, I started kind of going down the rabbit hole of that. And then of course, like, as you find out, like these people do have courses and products to sell you. It's just that, you know, they were starting off with advice on the front end, just kind of dangling the carrot in front of you. So that course actually did turn out to be really good, except uh, eventually the coach kind of started ghosting everyone and just sort of disappeared, unfortunately. But the stuff in there was actually really good. And it got me started. It got me my first couple of clients. And it, it, a lot of the framework is, are things that I still do today. And I learned a lot about sales and marketing. And, and remember that like, I'm coming from a background of total introvertedness. Like I, up until that point, I've been very shy, like awkward in social situations, not good in front of people. I was always kind of a good public speaker because I just pretended like no one was there. But, you know, just not really, I'd never sold anything in my life really to that point. And so I learned a lot about the sales process and like how to get someone who's never heard of you to give you money. Right. And that is a really valuable skill to have no matter what you do in life. So whether you're starting a Facebook side hustle or whether you're starting any other kind of business, just having those skills to know how to market and sell yourself and in turn help market and sell for your clients is really like a very, it's one of the most valuable skills that you could possibly ever have because it's applicable to everything. Right. And if you're starting from nothing, if you don't have that experience, then you kind of need someone to at least show you the way, right. And get you there and encourage you to get over the hump too. Right. Because it's so easy to read a book on sales and then never do anything with it. But when there's human beings and you're actually invested time and money into it, then it's like, now you have to do it because there's people expecting you to do it now and you've paid this money and you've told your spouse about it and you know, like, and and your friends. (laughs) And so you don't want to look like an idiot. So now you have to do something about it. And that's something that courses give you that something else can't and what coaching can give you that something like just trying to consume information can't is that it actually inspires you to take action. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's a great, that's a great transition to what I wanted to talk about next, because I think there's this misconception that if you're going to be, in a business where you have to get clients that like the people that do well are like naturally born salespeople, you know, and just like they come out of the womb, just like selling stuff, you know, and that's just, it's not that way. And I'm, I'm been, I'm very much like you or I'm super introverted and it was hard for me to sell anything. Now my whole life is like selling stuff, but like in the (laughs) beginning it was like, I couldn't sell anything to anybody. I didn't know how to do it. So I'm curious for all three of you, what that, what one, were you naturally good at sales and two, that process of not being, I'm assuming, um, naturally good at sales and becoming somebody that is like comfortable going and selling your services and feeling good about what you're doing. What was that like for you in the beginning? And how did you get to like from where you were to the point that you are at now, Tanya? So I don't, I wouldn't say I was naturally good at sales at first. I worked in a financial services company before I set up my social marketing business. And what I was good at was getting people to relax on the phone. So Mm. I'm interested in people. I love to talk about everything and anything. And if you have the ability, yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I can, I can talk about anything. If you can get somebody on the phone to relax and start to open up a little bit, just by having a normal conversation about everyday stuff, when it comes to actually asking them to take action and do something, if they like you, they will do it. 
regardless. They will just go, oh, do you know what? She's a nice girl. Yeah, why not? And I think just honing that over the years and understanding why people make buying decisions. So like consumer psychology is something that I'm massively interested in, but also buyer behavior. Why do people do the things they do? What emotions drive people to make purchases? Because everything that we have in life, we only have specific needs such as food, water, shelter, and love. Everything else we want it's a want so what makes people decide to purchase something what want is there within them and and that is something i'm so interested in and being able to have a conversation with someone and find out where their emotional level is what their emotional sort of scale is at any point gives you a real insight into why they might buy your product what is it that you're giving them that they don't have like what emotional need are you meeting that you can tap into and i don't like to use the word manipulate because it's got negative connotations but we do manipulate people into purchasing by tapping into their emotions and actually providing what it is that they want and that's all it is it's like understanding why people might want your product what are you provide what emotional need can you meet and the way that i found that i've been really good at getting into that is by having conversations and just talking and talking and really kind of understanding and getting interested in people. And that's really massively helped and being able to hone that and actually turn that. What used to be, my family used to say, you could talk the hind legs off of a donkey. Um, (laughs) Turning that into um, something that makes me money has made me so happy because I get to spend all day talking to people online and finding out interesting stuff, but then also making money from it. And like, mm-hmm. it's just the best thing in the world. I, I love that. I, I just want to say really quick, cause I think you're more, your personality is more like mine where I'm, I'm a talker. And um, <laughs> I found when I was first getting into this, that being extroverted and being a talker was a real hindrance for me. Mm. And I think a lot of people, and we see this a lot in our community, and that's why it's so great, you know, like Bobby is, you know, being introverted, like people can relate to that. Because I think there's more people that are introverted or uncomfortable in these situations than the opposite. But my experience has been that that's actually a huge advantage when it comes to sales and in the service industries like this, because when you are introverted, you are going to be more comfortable listening and sales in my experience is about listening. And then I also think because you are uncomfortable and you can be empathetic to what the person on the other side might be feeling that can help you a lot too. And so I know for me, when I was, I really cut my teeth in sales in two ways. One in the oil and gas industry, trying to get people to sign over mineral rights, you know, to these oil companies. And then also in the fitness industry, and I would talk, 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 and that did not work for me. And it was not until I started to study and learn a little more. And I started turning the talking into asking questions and then controlling my impulse to talk and just sitting and letting them talk and actively listening to figure out those, what things were coming up, what were they really caring about and that kind of stuff. And that is kind of how I became better at sales was that question, find out what they're saying, repeat it back to them, get them to open up more or take what they're saying and say how you can help them, you know, based on that information. And that's how I've always viewed sales. I had to learn that. And so kind of my perspective is if you are coming into this and you're a little, and you're introverted and you don't want to talk a whole lot, like, and you get into a sales conversation, cool. Ask some questions and let them talk and then just be like, yeah, I can help you with that. And that boom sale. Like that's my entire method of selling anything. And it's probably better suited to an introverted personality in my, than the one I have. <laughs> so, you know, that was a, I was my own obstacle. So I think that might be something if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm not like Tanya. It's cool. That might be an advantage, you know, and I'm not saying that what you had didn't, hasn't worked for you because clearly it has, but just something for, we have so many introverts and like, everybody's always saying that, like how many times Bobby, somebody's like, I don't know if I can do this because I'm introverted. It's like all the time. Right. Well, the people that are interested in taking a course like this and doing something where they can work from home are, are typically, I think the people that are like, don't like people and <laughs> like, like <laughs> where they're like, I don't feel like going out and talking to people all day and like standing around and listening to people. So I, I think that we just attract a lot of those people that are introverts, but, but yeah, Adam, I'm curious, like, were you naturally 
gifted with like sales and yeah i mean i'm an extreme introvert like i don't i leave my house to pick my son up from school i have a gym here at my house i work from home i yeah love interaction with people that said i (laughs) like helping people but sales uh for me i've always been in sales so as a personal trainer as i mentioned been in fitness been in gyms as a digital marketing agency obviously you have to do sales so i've literally depended on sales for my entire career i sucked at the beginning but the cool thing is about sales is that it's a learned skill i think there's a lot of psychology to skip to sales and you could go super in depth on sales. That's why there are a bajillion sales books. At the end of the day, you're having a conversation with somebody who wants to reach a certain outcome and you have the ability to help them, right? So you just have to get them from, from, and really the reason that people don't love sales is because we have a bad connotation of sales in our mind of what a salesman is, right? You think of a car dealer, dealership, car salesman guy, super sketchy. You think of a door-to-door sale, door-to-door salesman. You just think uh, of sales as being, well, you know, like that's right. gross. I never want to be a salesman. At the end of the day, all sales is, is getting somebody to go from point A to point B and, and helping them along the way and helping them reach a decision. So you're actually doing a disservice to somebody if you don't sell them on a product you believe in. Right? It's like somebody who needs to lose 50 pounds and you don't want to sell them on a weight loss plan when they really need it. You're actually doing them a disservice by not selling them that service, right? Yeah. You know, all sales is you're just helping people. Uh, and when you view it as that, sales becomes easier. Um, I think what Mike and Tanya both said, awesome. There's so much psychology to sales, being a good salesman. But honestly, not to plug the course, but to plug the course, Jessica, Jessica's training is you could probably oh, yeah. sell that for $10,000 plus the, the seven, eight questions that you guys provide. You will have all you need to become good at sales. The only thing you need to do would be practice. So you have everything you need in this course to become good at sales, whether it's digital marketing or not. Honestly, the only other thing you need to do is line up sales conversations to practice. That's it. I'm so glad you mentioned Jessica's thing because like man I remember when she did that like we were like you know like we're not sales people let's bring on a salesperson she came in and did that and I just like I think the term mind blown is like overused but I just remember sitting there the whole time just being like oh my gosh this is so (laughs) incredible like I learned so much I'd never heard it explained so simply and so it's amazing honestly I paid for ninety eight hundred dollars AKA $10,000 courses. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that one hour, 90 minute training could sell for that. I mean, it is so good. So, yeah. Yeah. I took away some stuff from that too. It was incredible. Dude, so good. Well, and to give some like people that are listening that don't know what we're talking about, there's a, we did, we do live trainings in the group every week and it's either coaching calls with me and Mike, or we bring in experts uh, and we brought in our friend Jessica to do a sales training and she's just like a master salesperson. Mike and I sat there and listened to her do this training. And I was like, oh my God, like I suck at everything in life. <laughs> I didn't realize how good she is at, at this, but it's great. And so if you do join the course, uh, you get access to that. And like the other, I don't even know how many trainings we have at this point. It's like 150 live over, trainings or something stupid. Yeah, well yeah. over a hundred. But that's one of them in our client. We, we have all these client acquisition trainings and everything. So yeah, I definitely remember being super mind blown by that. Ben, what about you? I know you used to do like, and I don't, you might still do this, like phone sales in your car on the way to work, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like learning sales is easy, right? Have you ever like said or heard a word so much that it doesn't make sense anymore? I'm getting that way with sales now because we've said that yeah. word so many times. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> sales. Uh, but anyway, so learning sales is easy. It's the doing it. That's the hard part. And so the first few times you do it, and even the first hundred times you do it, and even now, like before a sales call, I still get like a little bit nervous, especially right now, like I'm trying all these new things, like I'm starting over in a new niche and like I just started selling hot tubs last year and like I'd never done it before. And like you still get nervous every time you do it sometimes, right? Like you just, you don't know how it's going to go and you get that feeling. But what you practice is getting over that feeling and getting and stop telling yourself these stories about why they're not going to want to buy your service or why you can't help them or why you're not good enough or, you know, why they're some high and mighty business owner and you're just some lowly, you know, peon that's like, you know, not <laughs> like that knows nothing, right? Like 
they wouldn't be talking to you if they didn't think that you had some value to offer, right? Or that there was the possibility that you could offer value. And so it's, it's just getting over those things and just starting to do it. That is the hard part. We have enough trainings in the course now that I honestly believe that like we could do like no more live trainings and like literally like any question that anyone could ask in the course, we could just link them to a training at this point. Like, you know, how do I get clients? Like, oh, here's like five different yeah. things that we did, you know, and, like, or how do I get more good like at sales? A dozen. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like the, it's all there. It's all laid out for you. It's actually the doing it that's hard. And so if you need that little extra accountability, like that's what we're there for, but it's the execution that's the hard part. So yeah, like back to your question, Bobby, like the doing it, you just have to get over any reason why you can't do it. You know, like, so for example, like when I was working full time, like I would do sales calls in my car driving to and from work, or I would do them on my lunch break or in the evenings. And, and you just kind of have to make it work no matter what, like work with the constraints you have and not try to talk yourself out of it because you were waiting for the perfect circumstance, right? I can only do sales calls when I'm completely undisturbed in the dark at 3 p.m. Like that's not the way it works. Like you have to be able to turn it on at any time, right? And this is something that I've learned in the last year too, because I've always done sales through scheduled phone appointments, right? So I know when it is and who I'm calling and a pair and all that stuff. But when now that I own a local business, if someone walks in the door and is interested in buying a hot tub, like I got to turn it on like that. And that can get really hard, right? And that's where the practice comes in. Someone could wake you up from a cold sleep and ask you to pitch them and you could do it. Like you have to get to that level where you can do it no matter what the circumstances are. And I think that is the hard part is getting to that point. And so it's an ongoing process and no one's ever perfect and no one's ever on all the time, but you just have to keep, keep doing it and know that some are going to go well, some are going to go poorly. And some are going to be somewhere in between and you just have to make it work. So, Yeah. I do think it's about kind of like ripping the bandaid off. We've seen that all the time in the group where it's like somebody will come in and they'll post in the group and they'll be like, ah, you know, I'm scared to reach out to X client or I'm scared to do this or whatever. And then like five months later you see them and they're like, oh, I just got my fourth client. And, they, and people kind of realize like once you kind of rip off the bandaid of the scary part of talking to people and talking to business owners, then it just becomes talking to people, like Tanya said, like you're just having a conversation. And then once you get to that point, even as an introvert and somebody like, I'm like Ben, where I still get scared on phone calls. Like I still get nervous, like that butterfly feeling before I jump on a phone call. Once it becomes just a conversation, it's so much easier. And we see people all the time that like just kind of blossom into this agency owner, you know, and not just somebody that's getting a, you know, one or two clients. Uh, and it's really cool. It's been cool to watch that. But I feel like Mike is like, I'm jealous sometimes of the super extrovertedness. But I do agree going back to what we were very like in the very beginning talking about this, like I do think being introverted and being scared to talk to people and all that, I think it does have kind of an advantage and both, both really do extroverted and introverted, but we've seen both people have success with it. Here's a little secret, like whatever your personality is, you have some advantage over everyone else. Like that's the thing that I think people totally miss out on is like the five of us are all totally different. We have different life circumstances. We live in different places. (laughs) We have different personalities, you know, and we've all been successful in different ways. We've all built it in different ways. And I just think that really being an entrepreneur is almost to me has been like a journey of like self-awareness and understanding what you are good and are not good at and learning to not compare yourself to others and instead find the things that you have the most success with and doubling down on them instead of trying to do what everyone else does. And so I think no matter what you have going on in your life, whatever your your life circumstances are, whatever obstacles you have in the way, whatever perceived personality flaws you have, the reality is those are just things that you they're self-imposed obstacles. And that's like the hardest thing in my mind to like overcome as an entrepreneur is your self-imposed obstacles. Like there's nothing, life isn't about like the things that are happening to you. It's about how you react to those things, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I think, I think Ben's story about like having calls on his commute and during lunch is like a perfect example of Ben could just be like, I don't have time to, to do calls. And instead he's like, I'm going to eat my sandwich on mute while this person's talking. And then I'm going to, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I'm in my car doing sales. Like he figured it out. We see people that are like, I can't do this because of this reason. No, you can. You just maybe have to do it differently. Guys, if you're listening to this, like it, your personality, you know, there's things, Bobby and I, we've had this 
so much in the last two years. Like there are so many things uh, Bobby does and the way he handles things, his personality that, oh man, I wish I had that and vice versa. It's just because you see, we compliment each other. We all, we all do. So just own who you are and like, you just figure it out and it gets easier over time. I mean, but you gotta, that rip the bandaid thing. (laughs) That is like, (laughs) that is the thing. Like that's the hard part. Yeah. I've done phone calls in like minus 30 outside to the point where like my phone actually like froze and shut off. So, like, <laughs> you know, like if I can do why? that, and wait, anyone, wait. why did you do that? <laughs> Cause I had to sneak why? out of work to, to take a call. And so I had to stand outside the office. Oh, okay. See what you didn't realize is Ben is like the most hardcore one in the group. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you doing that just for like for a challenge? Like I'm going to just go outside. I got frostbite and I lost my pinky, but I closed the damn sale. <laughs> well, my kids need to eat somehow. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I had two more things I want to hit. And, and this is a really good transition because, you know, Ben, you were talking about like, it's just about the doing, like just do it. And I think I want to talk about the community too, but what is y'all's advice to people listening about just having the advice or not the advice, having the confidence to just get started? Because like, I just made this little speech about like your personality and self-imposed obstacles and all those kind of things. But really the hardest thing is just getting started. And Bobby mentioned, there's been times where somebody's like, I'm scared to do this. And then three months later, someone's like, I'm scared to do this. And that same person was, I was too. And then I did it and I realized it wasn't so bad. So like, what advice do y'all have for people either in our community already or listening to this? It's like, I got it. I want to do it. But like, they're just, they can't get out of their own way. They're too terrified. Or maybe it's not a scared thing too, because I think the other side of that is, I think some people are scared, but then the other people is maybe just like, they just got a lot going on. You know, I'm a single parent or I work two jobs or I've got a sick family, you know, whether it's circumstances or fear. So I think what it comes down to is what your personal action threshold is, right? And so I think if you're too scared to do it or you're hesitant to do it, it means you've given yourself a choice not to do it, right? You've already given yourself an out. And so your action threshold is that level at which you, you don't have a choice beyond that point. So if you are you know, in a situation where you pay rent and you don't have the money, you're probably going to find a way to talk to people real quick to get that money, right? And that, cause that's where your action threshold is, where the pain of not doing it outweighs the, the fear or the hesitancy that you have, right? So you need to be able to get yourself to the point where it tips the scales so that it hurts more not to do it than it hurts to do it, right? If that makes any sense. So yeah. figuring out where your action threshold is. And it, honestly, like, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. If you don't want it bad enough, then there's nothing that's gonna make you do it. If you're giving yourself a chance not to do it all the time, and you just want a hobby or something like that, then, then maybe that's not for you. But if you're actually serious about making money, if you actually need it, or you actually have to make it work to fix your life situation or get out of debt, or you know, uh, if you have a spouse that's doubting you and you just want to shut them up, which is my case for a while, <laughs> uh, but we got over that threshold. But, um, and like, it just gets to that point where like, you just, you have to do it. You feel compelled to do it and there's no choice not to. So for me, I found the biggest obstacle for me was actually getting out and talking to business owners at first. It was actually going and physically talking to them, putting myself in a situation where I was setting myself up for failure. Um, for rejection and fear of rejection and fear of failure is what stops everybody from taking that initial step forward and the way that I have learned to get over it is I say to myself I'm a single parent have been for 11 years and the way I go through it is if I go to this business if I make this call if I talk to this person and they say no that's fine they are allowed to say no they don't have to buy into my service if I don't take that step out of my comfort zone and ask the question, I'm reducing the ability to feed my children. So like Ben was saying, you you have to weigh up like the pros and cons. So if I go out of my comfort zone, somebody says no, that's the absolute worst that can happen. But if I go out of my comfort zone and someone says yes, I've increased my ability to pay my bills and feed my children. It's success. And it's again, it's practice. And it's always the fear is worse than the actual action of something. So I've got a massive fear of public speaking. I am, which is surprising considering how much I like to talk, but 
<laughs> I like to talk with feedback. I like to have a conversation. Whereas when you're public speaking, it's a mute audience and you don't generally get much interaction. And that terrifies me. So last year I made a pact with myself that any opportunity I had for public speaking, I would take it and I would throw myself into it. And regardless of any outcome, I wasn't doing it to generate money. I wasn't doing it to generate business. I was doing it to overcome a fear, a weakness that I saw needed action. And yeah, I've done, I probably did, I think about 12 speaking events last year. So I have this like one month and they still terrify me just as much, but the amount of time that I'm terrified for is less. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's the same, it's the same with any obstacle with time, with, um, approaching a, a new situation that you're not comfortable with, the fear of doing it is actually worse than the action. And if it's not going to kill you, then I don't see why the fear is there. You have to really rationalize it down to, am I going to die if I do this? No. Okay. Then I'll do it. Love that. Adam, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah. I mean, I think you both, Ben and Tanya, you both hit the nail on the head. So I think it, it comes down to, and I'm going to steal this from you, Tanya, actually. It's the story you're telling yourself, right? If you say, I can't do this because of this, it's probably true because you're telling yourself that, right? But it's actually not true, right? So instead of saying, I can't do this because of this, say, how can I actually do this by bypassing what I, the excuse that I gave, right? It's like Mike has crazy kids running around. He runs a digital market <laughs> being crushed, <laughs> yeah. right? Like... If there's any excuse in the book, that would be it. So it's the story you're telling yourself. If you don't think, and you're far more capable than you think you are, right? Whether your monetary value of your income doesn't really matter. You're more capable than the income you're producing right now. Whether you're doing $25,000 a year as your salary or you're doing seven figures, you're far more capable than you think you are. And that all comes down to mindset and the story you're telling yourself. So the first thing you need to do in this business, if you decide to do a side hustle, whether it's this or anything else, or if you decide to start a business in the future, it all begins with your mindset and what you think you can accomplish. Because if you are setting limits to yourself, you're never going to reach the goal that you really want to achieve, right? And if you're comfortable then you're probably not doing as much as you think you are to achieve the goal that you want to hit. So there's a level of uncomfortability that needs to happen for you to grow, right? And if you're not uncomfortable, right? Like Tanya's, Tanya doesn't love public speaking. She became uncomfortable to be a better public speaker. It takes growth and uncomfortability to reach that growth. So the first thing is mindset. The second thing is consistency. We have a roadmap to success in this course if you want to do it, but it takes consistency in doing that. So mindset plus consistent action, this is basically tying together what Ben and Tanya are saying. Mindset plus consistent action on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, track everything, exactly what you're doing to a T and you're gonna be successful. The last thing is not comparing yourself to other businesses. If all you want to do is make an extra $3,000 a month to pay for your mortgage so that you can stay at home with your kids, that's freaking fantastic. Do it. You don't have to make $10,000 a month. You don't have to make six figures, seven figures, eight figures. Your goal is your goal. And if you want to make an extra one, two, three thousand $3,000 a month, that's amazing. Go freaking do it. Hell yeah. I mean, that's why we yep. created the thing anyway, was not like, it is so cool seeing people doing this full time, but like the whole premise of the Facebook side hustle course was to help people in the millennial money man community make mm -hmm. an extra grand a month. <laughs> I mean, that was it. So yeah. I love that. Well, the last thing I want to talk about, and Adam brought it up earlier, but I want to talk about this community, you know, we've really built and gotten to watch grow over the last two years because man, it has been the coolest thing for me personally, like it's been the most rewarding aspect of anything I've done in any of my businesses, just watching the successes everybody's having, watching how they like band together, you know, like when somebody's struggling, how everybody comes out of the woodwork to like help each other out. And so if you guys can talk a little bit about, you know, what are some of the coolest things that you've seen in this community just stories, anything that stands out to you. And there's so many. And so I will say right now, 
Like if you are one of our students and you're listening to this and you've got a freaking cool story and it doesn't get mentioned, it's not because we don't love you and it wasn't cool because there, there's probably too many to mention. But I just, I want to see like, what are some, some moments that stand out to y'all over the last two years? Ooh, it's tough because it's been a and long Bobby, time. I want you to answer this one too. Oh man, for me, it's, I can go first. It's easy. It's just, I'm seeing, God, no, I was going to say it's easy because then I started <laughs> thinking about all the people. I was like, man, there's this person, this person, this person. I'd say like my favorite ones to see, and I'm just going to go general here, are the ones where it's people that are like really struggling with something in their life. Like they, maybe Kat's story is really good. And Catherine's story mm-hmm. is really good where she, she went through a divorce and it was, I don't want to get in all the details, but it was kind of ugly. And uh, she was at a point where she couldn't, she had two kids to take care of and she was able to lean on this skill that she learned to make it through that. And now she's thriving. You know, she's with somebody else now. Her life, I think is, it seems like it's on a great path and seeing that kind of stuff where it's like, you know, just you and me sitting down and creating the course and, and bringing in coaches and everything that really has a real impact on people, like actually changes their life in a meaning way, meaningful way. That's, those are the ones like, I love seeing people make more money so they can like pay off debt and like invest a little bit more and all that kind of stuff. Like I love that from the personal finance blogger side of things. But when you see somebody that's really going through something tragic and they're able to lean on a skill to make more money, to make their life easier in that moment, those are my favorite stories. So we've had a couple of those. That's just the one that sticks out in my mind about the rest of y'all. Yeah. So I think the coolest thing for me, apart from that, obviously, you're never yeah. going to beat that because that's freaking awesome. But the next coolest thing would be watching people grow throughout the course. We, I talked a lot about growth, being uncomfortable and growing as you do that in your mindset. It's been really cool to see people who have been in this course for a year, two years, and they start to answer questions from other people, right? Like the growth <laughs> behind people and having them come to the table with meaningful advice has been really cool to see. To me, that was like one of my favorite things is watching. We have so many people in this community, like Rachel and Robert and Brian and Sean, and I could go on and on and on. And there's people that have had different levels of success or just people that are just super motivating, right? Like Adam and Tony, you know, stand out to me as like people are just in there constantly motivating people. And there's so many more, but like just seeing people that were nervous and not confident and weren't sure. And then now they're like mentors in the community. And and you're talking like the most basic questions they were asking at the beginning, like yeah, the most basic questions to then answering some pretty complex questions on Facebook ads or sales or, you know, prospecting. It's really cool. Yeah. Besides Catherine being the first in the 5k club, we've already mentioned that that's, that was really special and really cool. Like, I think that that blew me away. It also kind of made me feel lazy. I'm like, Whoa, these people are catching up. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Oh man, like what am I doing? These people are hustling so hard. Um, Another one. And also, yeah, like the students helping other students, I think has been really great in the early days. Like, the five of us were answering every single question in detail constantly. Right. And it, it felt like a lot, but now I almost feel like our roles have gotten a lot easier because now I I go and I see that, you know, three students have already answered the question that I'm about to answer. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, you get a gold sticker because you answered just as well as I probably would have. Right. Yeah. So I I love how people are helping each other and, and adding value and it just becomes this growing asset that just compounds over time. The more experience you get in the group. Um, one of the other cool things was I actually hired a team member from the group. So, so Rachel is now part of my team. And I think it's really awesome that she's been able to hit the 5k club as well. And I'm like super proud of her. And I love that she's a part of my team. And like, it's my goal to pay her 10 times what I'm paying her right now. And I've already said mm-hmm. that before. So, and I'm just not at a revenue point where I could do that yet. But, <laughs> but like, there's a lot of really quality people in there. The people that come out of this course are definitely hireable. Like this is not like you're learning really valuable skills. And so not to say that there's going to be a ton of employment opportunities in that group, but I mean, if I, the next time I need a team member, I'm going right to the group. Like that's, I think it's really cool. I found someone really special. That's a great fit for my team right in the group. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's my big special moment. <laughs> so for me, um, I would say I've learned how to communicate using just GIFs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's the best part about the group is the fun that we have in there, the relationships that have been built 
from that very first sort of the OG crew who were in there and the relationships that we've built between the five of us, um, the community and the networking and the culture within the group itself. I mean, I now, I have such good gift game that (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing. I I can, I can literally go onto a a Facebook comment thread in a group and I can get people's attention just with a gif and it makes me stand (laughs) out. So you've given me a new skill set to add to my repertoire. That's very true. But um, it's, it's just so much fun. I mean, the group is just, I spend a lot of time on social media. I'd say a good nine hours every day. And I come across a lot of negative behavior. I come across a lot of energy draining spaces, but the laptop empires group, I have never at any point been in that group and thought I cannot spend another minute in here. It's just too much. Every time I go into the group, I come away either having learned something that I didn't know. Um, I have a new perspective on maybe a situation or from somebody's point of view. Um, or I'm inspired or motivated or I just giggle because it's just a really (laughs) amazing space to be because the people just make it you've retracted with your personalities just an amazing bunch of people we have so many warm fun and enthusiastic motivating people in a very small space and to know that we are influencing their careers, putting good ethical marketers back into a very negative space um, makes me feel good. You know, and just since, since Adam had to go and and steal my thoughts, I, you know, just to kind of put something else out there that I think has been super cool. Well, I, I think it kind of two things. One, I think there's been a lot of people in this community that have started off with this side hustle that we're teaching and taken those skills and translated it to something else, whether they've yeah. gotten into copywriting or their yeah. blog has blown up or, uh, you know, they, which we've, we've seen that a good bit starting, uh, Sean, who was all the first guy to join was gung ho in this and then has translated it into growing his landscaping business. Like, you know, I love seeing people just taking these skills of of business skills and applying them to other things. And then the coolest moments to me in the past two years have always been like family moments. Like there are times when something happens in the group, somebody goes through something hard or something really cool happens. Somebody has a baby, somebody is ill, somebody loses their job, somebody uh, loses a client, somebody gains a client, whatever, whatever is happening those real personal moments, just like people coming out of the woodwork, being supportive, celebrating, offering to hop on a phone call, offering to do work for other people. I'm always just blown away by the amount of uh, goodwill, like in just how much people are willing to help strangers and then how all of these strangers have become like a family, you know, it's really cool. So I think like that, you know, to me, I think that every moment that I've like really enjoyed or look back on, I kind of think kind of falls into that category of just like good shit, human beings doing good things for other people. Uh, For me, like the family aspect of the group has been awesome. I think we're having a Houston meetup. If I remember correctly, like there's going to be people that are coming down. Yeah. People I've never met in real life um, that are students that I'm going to meet. We're just going to hang out and and have a good time. Tanya, like I'm trying to convince my wife uh, to go to the UK so we can hang out with you, you know, and like, Come, come. Yeah, totally. I'm trying to. I'm 10 minutes away from London, so. Yeah, see, that's, uh, yeah, and like Ben, it's too cold in Canada, so I'm not probably coming up there. <laughs> yeah, and I would. Coming to Canada. <laughs> Had you, if you lived in Florida, I'd be hanging out. But yeah, no, it's just, it's been cool. Like, it's just been so cool to see that kind of community, because I feel like it's rare, right? Like, it's super rare to have sure. a community where people are actually, like, nice to each other and everything yeah. Tanya said, so. Yeah, On the that, internet, that is the especially. <laughs> God, I know. Yeah, it's rough yeah. out there, so. Well, guys, I appreciate you guys coming on so much. Um, this was a little longer than <laughs> than I said it was going to be, so I'm sorry about sorry. that. But I think everybody that's that's listening to this is going to be cool with that and appreciate it. But you know, thank you guys for everything you've done. We really appreciate it. This whole thing would not be possible without you three at all. And I hope that everybody listening to this has already gotten to meet these three. Or if you're thinking about jumping in, you know, to the Facebook side hustle course, you're going to meet 
these three um, and, uh, you know, hopefully get to be a part of this family. So that's all I got. Everybody, 2020, you know, good luck with your goals, starting your side businesses, everything else. See you next week. All right, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed getting to hear from all of our coaches. That was really the first time all five of us have been together in that kind of environment talking. So it was a lot of fun. I hope you got a lot out of it. Please do us a favor, subscribe wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Let us know in the comments on this one what you thought, what your biggest takeaways were. And if you are wanting to start a business in 2020, I hope you do. I hope you'll let us know whether it's a blog, a YouTube channel, you're doing the Facebook side hustle course or something else. Let us know chase your dreams, go after something, you know, give it a shot, take a chance on yourself. You never know what can happen with just a little bit of hard work in your spare time. See you next week. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. We out.